0: Namaste and welcome to the River of Wisdom podcast, a podcast that brings to you the ancient Vedic tradition, which reveals that you are pure being, having a human experience. I'm your guide by the side, Swamini P. Let us flow you and I on the banks of the River of Wisdom. At different times in the last year, I have mentioned the word Vedic tradition. What is this Vedic tradition? Fasten your seat belts as we take a helicopter ride over the seven areas that is the vast expanse of the Vedic tradition. The very word Vedas indicates a source of knowledge. It is derived from the root with to know, and the word Veda means a treasure house of knowledge. So the Vedic tradition is a tradition of transmission of profound knowledge from generation to generation. The foundation for this Vedic tradition has seven layers of teachings: 1. Vedas, 2. Sutras, 3. Smriti, 4. Puranas, 5. Itihasa, 6. Bhashya, and 7. Granthas. 1. Vedas. The Vedas themselves are a very vast literature consisting of more than 20,000 mantras, further divided into four books known as Rig Veda, Yajur Veda, Samaveda, and Atharva Veda. The Vedas have a vision and teachings about the eternal way of life, a vision of the human being and the world and God. This vision is a foundation for Hinduism considered by most as the oldest religion in the world, also called Sanatana Dharma, the eternal tradition. Mantras are meant for inquiry, analysis and assimilation. Manana Trayate Iti Mantraha Mananam means analytical study. Trayate means it will protect us if we inquire into that. According to the tradition, even mere repetition of the mantras and meditation on the mantra is capable of blessing the person deeply and helping the person. The transmission of the Vedas was largely oral, preserved with great memory techniques and hence it is a primarily oral tradition. Even now, there are children and adults who have committed to memory thousands of verses. You just have to utter a word and they will start reciting. And here we are struggling to remember even six emergency mobile phone numbers. Each Veda in the language of Vedic Sanskrit consists of four sections. Samhita includes mantra and suktas. Aranyaka which includes texts on fire ritual offerings and ceremonies. Brahmana, which are commentaries on the rituals to be performed, and Upanishad, which are words revealing that you are the fullness you seek. The question that begs to be asked is, who put the Vedic tradition together? Who is the author of the Vedas? Unlike other major religions of the world that have one founder, Hinduism or Sanatana Dharma has no founder, no prophet. Then. Well, the Veda is a parushaya, not born of human origin and hence not subject to human error. The Vedas are a revelation from the Lord himself. So, God is the author of the Vedas. Ishwara or God revealed the Vedas to all of humanity through the media called Rishayaha or Rishis. Rishis or sages were the pipelines through whom we received the Veda mantras. If we considered God as a transmitting station, then rishis were the receiving centers. The word rishi is derived from the Sanskrit root rish to know. Rishati janati iti he considered special beings because of their extraordinary medium. There are many rishis who have received the mantras. Hence in the tradition, when a Veda mantra is chanted, we start by remembering the rishis First, as an expression of gratitude. These Vedas were primarily received and transmitted in the form of words alone. It was a karna parampara, an oral tradition, not a hastaparampara, written tradition. And since Vedas came down in the form of karna parampara, it is known as shrutihi. In an elaborate project, Veda Vyasa codified the many mantras received and compiled the four Vedas. All the other scriptures are based on this Vedic foundation alone and that is why the culture is called Vedic culture or Vaidika Sampradaya and we are called Vedikas. Hindu is a name given by others. What is interesting to note is that the rishis did not keep the knowledge of the mantras for themselves but shared it across generations and we are much the blessed for it. Because it is a body of knowledge, it is not a matter of beliefs. From the standpoint of the knowledge involved in the Veda, which run into thousands of verses, there are two sections, Karma section and Self-Knowledge section. The Karma section is a guide for me to do my daily prayers and special prayers, and includes rituals that supplement and complement my pursuit of wealth, pleasure, getting a child, acquiring a kingdom, inviting rain, and even going to Swarga. Some of you say, I'm not ritualistic. Well, I don't believe you. (laughs) Maybe you are not into formal religious rituals, but as creatures of habit, we are all into rituals, and rituals are a good thing. When I was younger and more foolish, even I would say, I don't believe in rituals. Little did I know then that a ritual is a carrier of profound meaning that transcends generations. On an everyday basis, we see that a ritual is a set of actions that hold meaning and are repeated regularly. Brushing teeth, bathing, wishing each other good morning or what's up, how are you, our rituals shaking hands or hugging in certain cultures when you meet are rituals and then we have special rituals such as standing up for the national anthem throwing our hats in the air at the graduation ceremony offering a wedding proposal with a ring all rituals in fact there is much frustration even when these secular rituals are not followed imagine being proposed to without a wedding ring each action is a carrier of meaning and hence the form becomes the vessel to carry it forward to the next generation. Ayatnya is a beautiful fire ritual offering where offerings of five elements are offered to Ishvara or God from whom the five elements have emerged. The grace of different deities is invoked by a fivefold offering. Mantra offerings are symbolic of space. Incense offerings are symbolic of air, water is offered, fruits and different kinds of oblations are offered as symbolic earth offerings, and a lamp is lit as a fire offering. All of this is offered into Agni, fire, which is a deity, a very beautiful five-fold ritual offering, which of course blesses you. Thus, the Veda offers knowledge of unknown means, which are in the form of yajnyas for known ends. For example, wealth, children, reigns are known ends, for which the unknown means are yajnyas, especially when our known means have not been adequate. The Veda also offers knowledge of known means for unknown ends, such as punya and papa, which we experience as favorable or unfavorable situations. It is the Veda that points out the connection of karma to Punya and Papa. There is no way that logic can talk about why good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. Only the model of karma talks about it and this is available to us through the Veda. What happens to the person when the body dies? Where does the being travel to? None of this can be figured out by logic, because logic depends on perception, and there are so many things, including our good old feelings and space, that cannot be understood through perception. The Veda is a separate means of knowledge supported by logic, but not a system of beliefs. And then is the last portion of the Veda called Vedanta, which is the self-knowledge section that knowledge which points out to the fullness that you are. Since all inadequacy and sorrow comes from taking the self as limited, as just a human being. Ignorance is the problem, and hence knowledge is the solution. The second layer of the Vedic tradition is known as Sutras. Sutra, or aphorisms, refer to cryptic statements which contain a lot of teachings in a nutshell form. While Vedas is a vast literature containing several topics, in Sutra literature the teachings are culled from various places and arranged according to topics. For example, all teachings dealing with individual values, duties and responsibilities we called Dharma Sutras. Sutras are written by several rishis, so we have Gautama Sutra, Parashara Sutra, even the popular Yoga Sutras by Patanjali. While the Veda is authored by God himself, the sutra literature comes from the human intellect, from these rishis. The content, of course, is based on the Vedas. The very word sutra means thread and the sutra literature threads the topics contained in the Veda very much like loose flowers that are tied and presented in the form of a beautiful garland. The third layer of the Vedic tradition are smritis, which means remembered, and are generally in the form of poems. While sutra literature is cryptic, smriti literature is elaborate, and the function of the smriti is codification and clarification. Smriti talks about cosmology, how the creation arose, duties and goals of life for different people. The composition is human, but the content is in keeping with the Shruti. Thousands and thousands of verses are written by several rishis, such as Manu Smriti, Parashara Smriti, yajnavalkya Smriti, even Bhagavad Gita, the dialogue of 700 verses, between Bhagavan Krishna and Arjuna is considered as Smriti. Fourth layer of the Vedic tradition are Puranas. The Puranas are still more elaborate than Smriti. The very word Purana means ancient and ever fresh and relevant, even for the 21st century. This Purana literature is also in the form of poems, and they codify, clarify, and magnify. The topics from the Vedic teachings. There are 18 Puranas running to thousands of verses and 18 Upapuranas running to another thousands of verses. The most popular is Bhagavatam. Another important and unique thing about the Purana is that some teachings that appear abstract, contained in the previous literature, are presented in the form of stories. Stories written on a very vast canvas. For example, one value given in the Vedas which will be highlighted in the form of a story and presented in thousands of verses is Harish Chandra Purana, whose essence is Satyam Vada or speak the truth. A tiny statement calling for respect for father, Pitra Devo Bhava in the Veda is elaborated as the story of Rama or nachi Emotions are symbolized or personified in the form of beings. In Bhagavatam, Kama, meaning binding desire, Krodha, anger, Ahankara, self-concept, become Rakshasas or demon-like beings. A language of symbolism is used. So, We see that in the Purana, concretization, symbolism, personification and magnification are done so that the impact of the teaching is intense. When people get exposed to the Puranas, they need a teacher who will help them see what is symbolic and what is literal. Otherwise, one can easily get lost. Are you still with me? On the helicopter ride of the Vedic tradition, we continue. The fifth layer of the Vedic tradition is itihasa. It means history-based literature. Iti ha asaha Thus, this took place. The two main itihasa are Ramayana, which runs into twenty-four thousand verses, written originally by Valmiki. And the other is Mahabharata, One lakh Verses, written by Vyasacharya. Ramayana is the life led by Rama and Rama is presented as a model of the Vedic way of living. Because models have very powerful impact, so when teaching is to be given, it is given through these role models. Presenting history is not the primary purpose of this literature. History is taken as a support and Vedic teachings are given through symbolism. Sometimes fictitious characters are introduced and sometimes symbolic language is used. The sixth layer is bhashyam or exegetical literature. The sixth layer then refers to commentaries written in Sanskrit on all of the above forms of literature. Veda, Smriti, Purana, Itihasa, and Sutra. There are sub-commentaries and sub-sub-commentaries written in poems or verses. Why are these commentaries required? Because the scriptural literature has to be unlocked in an appropriate manner. And the seventh layer of this Vedic tradition are Granthas, or smaller texts that are used to elaborate on particular topics. The key to unlock this entire oral tradition, which eventually came about in the form of written literature, is called Sampradaya. So when I say the Vedic tradition, you now know the layers of literature, the generosity of the teachers in the tradition, ...and the depth of meaning involved... ...and the levels of elaboration, codification and clarification. So, why should the Vedic tradition matter to you? You want to teach values to your children and not preach. There are enough stories and more through Ramayana and Mahabharata for you. You want to have harmonious relationships... The Veda teaches you about how deeply interconnected you are to people, other beings such as plants and animals, ancestors, gurus and deities. You want to understand how to apply dharma in different situations, sutras are there for you. You want to live a fulfilling life through yoga, the yoga sutras and many other texts are there for you. You want to develop a relationship with God and discover His glories. The glories of God or Ishvara, along with his or her devotees are there for you to appreciate and revel in through the Puranas. You want to have a better self-esteem based on the depth of the rich culture that has respect for all beings, the customs, practices and rituals. That are carriers of meaning are there for you. You want to learn astronomy, grammar, etc. The Vedas are there for you. You want to be free from insecurity. Vedanta says that you are secure. You seek freedom from inadequacy. Vedanta shows you that you are full and complete in and of yourself. You want to seek connection, meaning and purpose in life, the Veda is there for you. This podcast, The River of Wisdom, helps you glide into and brings this rich and profound Vedic tradition to you. Why? Because you matter, your life matters, what you do with your life matters. Thanks for listening. If you found this episode helpful, do share it with someone. For any questions, requests or observations, do write to me at swaminiji at discoveratma.com that's S-W-A-M-I-N-I-J-I at D-I-S-C-O-V-E-R-A-T-M-A dot com and I will respond. Thanks for listening and see you next week.